Hey there, ACC fans. It's me again, Kenton Gibbs. Like I said, I'm filling in for Candy Scooper today. And uh, as the old Beatles song goes, I get by with a little help from my friends. That was the Beatles, right, AJ? Yep, that was the Beatles. Okay, excellent. As the old Beatles song goes, I'm, I'm cultured. I'm cultured. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm cultured. Anyway, um, as the old Beatles song goes, I get by with a little help from my friends. And today I got my good friend, AJ Black, in the building, a fellow uh, long-suffering Atlantic team with the host of Locked On Boston College in the building. How you doing, AJ? Hey, Kenton, it's been a while, but it's great to be back on with you. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I'm I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, both of our teams a little bit, a little bit disappointing this year. A yep. bit. It's, it's been rough so far. But you know I, I think one of us has a team that's uh, a little bit more disappointing than the other, but I, I get you. I hear you. It, it's our neither one of our teams is is holding up great, but you know what always holds up great? Sweat block. They bought this episode to us today. Trust me, uh, if you or someone you know is experiencing embarrassing sweat or older, try sweat block and save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. So we're going to get into the top five teams in the ACC, bottom five teams in the ACC, and we're going to talk about the ACC basketball rankings that just dropped. Does that sound like a good show to you, AJ? I love it. I, I'm ready to go, Ken. Let's do it. All righty. Well, stick around for all that and more on today's episode of Locked on ACC. You are Locked on ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. So AJ, let's let's talk about it, right? Because yep. this this season, I think we're finally deep enough in to where we have enough information to solidly say this ain't just projections. This ain't just what we think and what we're hoping and what we're wishing. This is what it is. This yep. is what we've seen from teams so far. Every team's got at least two or three conference games under their belt. So we've seen all of these teams play some pretty good teams so far. So AJ, let it fly, man. Give me the top five and bottom five of the ACC. All right, let's go with the bottom. Let's let's go with the teams that are struggling. And the worst, the team that's in the bottom, the team that is struggling the most has to be UVA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as I, I said with Candace last week, you look at a team like UVA with that had a new coach. You know, you had an offensive-minded coach coming in with Tony Elliott, bringing in Brennan Armstrong back. You thought maybe that offensive line might be able to hold its own. It has not. And Brennan Armstrong has not looked anywhere near the quarterback that he was last year, which is which is a bummer because, like, you know, he could have gone, you know, pro last year and, and his stock would have never been higher. But they go out there. Uh, they've got Georgia Tech in a game this week that really you're just saying, like, you know, what team solidifies their spot at the bottom of the conference? Like Virginia, mm-hmm. if UVA can't beat Georgia Tech, they they are pretty much cemented to the bottom spot. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I I. I'm going to tell you this, that that game to me, like you said, it's it's a it's a match to see at the end of the day. Somebody has to win it. Somebody right. has to win this thing and somebody has to lose. So with that being said, I agree. The loser is going to take their crown as the worst team in ACC for the time being. All right. So number the, the second team from the bottom, I'm going to own this. It's the Boston College Eagles. OK, and I you know, it was either between them or Virginia Tech, but Virginia Tech has the win over them, so they 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 jump them. Even though the Virginia Tech, I feel like, has played really poorly lately, mm-hmm. but you know, you know, you, you have experience as defensive line. You've seen bad offensive lines before. 
BC's offensive line, you just don't see teams play as poorly as they're playing right now. And I know it's five new guys that they've thrown in and, and injuries on top of that. So it's been like seven or eight new guys. And, but it's just been a complete disaster. And it's, it, it, it infiltrates every aspect of their game because the offense can't stay on the field. The defense gets gassed. The defense gets gassed. They let up points and it just, it just spirals. And, you know, they get wake forest this week and it's not like Clemson. Clemson really had that front line advantage that you just looked at and went, God, BC's going to, they're going to get hurt here because Mm -hmm. they just were struggling so much. They made it through that sort of, Uh, but you know, if Wake Forest gets that offense clicking, that game could get out of hand real fast. That's fair. That's fair. I, I'll tell you what, to count on Wake Forest not having their offense clicking is a bad bet to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that game could get ugly early. And I, and you know what? I'm glad that you owned your Boston College Eagles being there. I'm, yep. I'm glad that you owned that. That's, it takes a big man. It takes a very big person. <laughs> to well, I've been, I've been hammered by all my listeners all year, so I, I got to take the humble pie now. <laughs> you know, you know, yep. I, I definitely get it. I, I have made some predictions about NC State and what they were going to be that I also am, am swallowing down a bit of humble pie. So well, I, I mean, I definitely, for I'm NC right State, there. though, you couldn't predict that Devin Leary – I mean, I know they've lost some other games, but where they're at now, you couldn't predict that Leary was going to go down like he did. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's so disappointing because this is yep. the second year where a hit that was penalized took out Devin Leary for the year. Yep. And it's – it's it's really tough to see, you know, a situation where even if Devin Leary wasn't playing at his highest clip throughout most of the year, you saw the flashes. You saw the reason that he was the ACC preseason player of the year at multiple points this year. And so to have him go down for the year, oh, man, that's that's like you said, it's tough and, and you can't predict that. So I, I appreciate you for extending the grace there. And you know what? Like, I love watching Leary. He's not the most, he's a talented player. He's not the most gifted player, but he had that winning edge to him. You know, some guys just have that edge and that's what Leary had. And it's, a, you know, it's bad for the conference when a guy like that goes down. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It it, it really does kind of strike a chord at like, this is one of your teams that was supposed to be a marquee team that is now like, you know, yep. you don't know what they're going to be. Like you, you hope that they're going to be above middle of the road, but very possible that they it, it, there's a world where they are based mm-hmm. upon what we've seen here. All right. So number three, as guy kind of alluded to, it was going to be Virginia tech mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they started off hot. You know, they played BC. Well, they, they beat them pretty easily. And then they lose to, um, they lose to UNC. They get clobbered. They get clobbered by Pitt, And then they lose to a bad Miami team. And now it's, it's a big week. At, they've got a big game against NC state this week or in two weeks, excuse me. Yeah. I was about to say it's a, it's a bye week. Thank God. NC state. We got to, got to get a a few guys healthy. We got to field a full team next week. So, but you know, I don't, I don't, I don't blame them that it's, you know, it's hard as a Hokies fan, a team that has a, a rich history to have a bad year. But when you bring in a new coach, who's trying to change the system, that's trying to change the culture there, kind of like what Mike Norvell did with Florida state. And I think he's done a nice job with that. It takes a little time. You got to get your guys in, you got to get your players, the guys that fit your system, the guys that you believe in you in. And yeah, they started off with a nice win against, you know, a nice conference win, but I think the expectations were pretty low for the Hokies and they're kind of, they're kind of fallen into where many people probably expected them to be. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. All right, and, I, our- I, and, and you know what? Right. I'm gonna say this. I don't want to pile. Oh, no problem. I don't want to pile on Virginia Tech, but I said that this team 
was was pretty abysmal and that this was Pride's first year and that that wasn't a that when you talk about leaving the cupboards barren that really was a situation yeah where Fuente left those cupboards not a thing was in there besides the dehydrated meat and the focus hope cheese the, <laughs> the government cheese that take real long to melt that was all that was yep. all that was left in those cupboards so you're absolutely right there. And, and and you you can't blame the Hokies fans who have to sit and watch their team struggle and then they see Hendon Hooker out there you know, balling out and, and beating Alabama, you know, th- there's gotta be a piece of that. That's, that's still, you know, grading and they're going Braxton Burmeister. Really? And, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and I get that, but that's, that's not on, that's not on the new staff. That's not, that's on Fuente for doing that. Absolutely. Um, and all right. So number two uh, from the, um, my number four from the bottom is Louisville. Mm-hmm. And I saw two, four, seven sports. And a, I think it was Bruce Feldman also had, Scott Satterfield, his seat's got to be boiling hot right now. Oh, that seat is hot as fish grease. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And he's got Malik Cunningham coming back this week. So he has no excuse. You know, Malik's his guy. And they've got a big game against Pitt where you've got to, you've got to think at some point it, it's going to hit that, that point, right? Where, you know, it's, it's no longer that he's on the frying pan. He's in the fire. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I, I feel like he's getting closer and closer. And, He's got the the thing with Louisville is they've got Malik now. They've got a killer recruiting class coming in next year. That's right, one of the best Louisville's ever had. And from some of the, I just talked to a guy, um, Matt McGavick, who write who caught who's a beat writer for Louisville. I talked to him a couple weeks ago. He's mm-hmm. like, you know what? These guys are coming here no matter who's the coach. From what I've heard, it's it's all about the NIL bag at this point. And so if that's the case. If Satterfield's not the guy, why don't you know they should go and make a big splash higher at this point? And I right. think that's where they're kind of probably end up going. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I again, there are Louisville fans saying we will not be held hostage by a recruiting class and all that. And mm-hmm. I said, listen, there have been some teams that are that have been held hostage for much less. So, yep. Uh, trust me, it, it ain't the worst thing in the world to to have that type of situation. But right. I do agree, it's very possible that that he'll be out. So that's. Okay, that's uh that's a very interesting top. Wait, did you give all five or was there number? Oh, uh, my last one I'll do really okay. quick. Okay. And I don't even want to put him there because I want to give respect to Brent. I think it's Brent Keys is the is the interim coach, but Georgia mm-hmm. Tech. I I hate putting him there, but that's they're the last team I could fit. Um, they're playing very well, and that's great for them. I I you know all the respect to the the players that are are getting an interim head coach and still busting their butt for that guy, and. You know, it would be like it would be nice to see them earn that that win, as I said earlier, um, and, and get out of that um, out of that bottom five. But I think they're they're definitely playing very well at this point, and I love I love how they've kind of bought into their interim at this point. I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you this. I I got to give you a little pushback there because everywhere else I was agreeing with you and I was with <laughs> you. It's hard for me to have Georgia Tech as the fifth worst team in the conference when they're the second best team in the coastal True. according to where they're ranked right now. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's tough. Yep. It's tough. Yep. Only because, and I'm not saying that they played the best teams in the ACC. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying they haven't looked horrible at times. Absolutely. Right. That first game against Clemson, God awful. Ole Miss, yeah. God awful. But, but you can't take away a winner at, on the road at Pitt. You can't take that away from them. No matter True. what you do, you can't take that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I hear you. So, so for yep. me, I I agree. They got a lot going on. There's a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of yin yang and riffraff going on that 
you know, you, you're dealing with a new team. I'm a new head coach, an interim head coach and all that good stuff. But mm-hmm. it's tough for me to see him there. But don't worry about it. I get it. Hey, this I, everybody's allowed to have their opinion, even if I, ain't, I I don't agree with it. Much like Kansas, this is not a dictatorship, right? This is a this is a, a ACCocracy where I'm definitely going to, you know, allow you to have whatever feelings you have about it. But we're going to talk about the top five when we come back. Before we do, I've got to t- tell you about sweat block. Trust me, there are plenty of folks suffering from excessive underarm sweat, and they do so for years at times, just worried about sweating through dress shirts, sweating through um, dresses, sweating through whatever they have on. And and they they go through that until they find sweat block. Sweat block changes the game for folks. Sweat block was created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating. It is doctor created and doctor recommended. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available at Amazon. So, AJ, we're back. Yep. Let's talk about the top five. We talked about the bottom five. We talked about the embarrassments, the scars on the conference. Tell me about the top five. Tell me about the teams that are holding up the banner for the ACC right now. All right. Number five for me from the from the top is Florida State. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they, they, I mean, they had that comeback against Clemson that I thought there, it it looked for a while, like they were dead. They came back. I, I, I fell asleep on the couch. I have to admit, I woke up, (laughs) they they lost by one score, but you know, I, I feel like, as I've said before, uh, uh, with Candace, that this is a team that is starting to buy into Norvell. And mm-hmm. they've got guys in there that really, to me, feel like the older Florida State teams, the teams that many folks remember from years past. And that's nothing but positive for the Seminoles. And, and you know, they are still a year or two away from, from, from battling for the ACC. But you can, you can see that marked improvement, and you can see that from game to game that they're getting better and better. And I think that's just going to continue to build because they're going to get better guys in their transfer portal. They're going to get better guys on recruiting. And I think that that is exactly, hopefully for Seminoles fans listening, the direction this team uh, should be going. Right, right. And it is, I, I tell people all the time, every team in this conference is not just about the big names and all that. Every team in this mm-hmm. conference is good for the conference to have good teams. Mm-hmm. Having Florida State buying into Norvell, having Florida State going in the right direction, it's great for the conference. So I, I absolutely agree. I, I could definitely see them at number five. Who's at number four for you? Um, I'm going to go with Syracuse here. Mm-hmm. And they're undefeated and they got a huge game against Clemson. Um, at Not a knock on NC State here, but I, I still need to see them play somebody. <laughs> like I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with you at all. That's the, the, at the end of the day, I talked about this statistic which was very interesting uh, that I, I haven't talked about before. Not a single team with a winning record in the ACC has put up single digit points in a single game this season, except NC state this game. Yep. This all to say it's inept and not only inept in terms of not having a good quarterback being disjoined a little bit, but also in terms of the play calling kind of handicapping this team. Also yep. in terms of the conservativeness when it doesn't make sense. The, right. the the knee down to go into halftime at Clemson when you've got one of the best quarterbacks in the nation in two-minute situations and, right. and you just don't use it. When you got going into Syracuse's end zone, you're on the three-yard line 
and you, for whatever reason, despite the fact that you've had success running the ball, kick a field goal instead of saying, you know what? We got a backup quarterback. We're playing with the church's money anyway. Let's go for it. Let's just right, try. It. Right, right. You know, it, it, I to say that beating this NC State team, as we saw, was not much of, of anything. I'm not mad at that. But Syracuse has shown that they're a good team. So they're and, number and, four. I get and, and I don't want to rip on them either for that, because you're totally right. Like, this is a team, too, that could absolutely go out there and shock a, a Clemson or something. They just I don't doubt Dino Babers. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. he's just, you know, from a coach that was on the hot seat for such a long time, he has reinvented that team over and over again and shown that he's one of the best coaches in the ACC. But my number three team is going to be um, UNC. Okay. Uh, I'm going to put them up there. Um, a nice win over Duke. They're six and one. Um, and when I've been on with Candace, I've always been really, really hesitant. I've learned my lesson with the Tar Heels to mm-hmm. not pick them high because every time I do, that team ends up making a mistake or doing something. And that that hasn't happened this year, but I'm just waiting for it. That just seems to be the MO with this program that like you give them the credit that you deserve to put them really high in your rankings. And then that team has, you know, a, a big letdown game and you, you get a circle uh, pit in a couple of weeks. I think that could be it. But you know, when you got a, when you got a quarterback like Drake may, who is easily the best quarterback in the conference easily. and anything's possible at this point. You know, I want to – I think that this UNC team has a lot of what the Wake Forest team from last year had, right, where, like, your defense is just god-awful, but you just find a way to score enough points every week. You just get the right bounces. You just end up in the right situation every week. And in the words of Eric Bieniemy, this game is not about the numbers. It's about the alphabets. And the only alphabets that matter are W's and L's. And yes, he said alphabets with an S and not alphabet. But anyway, the yep. only one that matters is W and L. And seven times this season, uh, North Carolina has played a football game. Six times they've walked away with a W. Only once have they walked away with an L. So, yep. you know, I, I understand having them at three, even though it's tough to compliment them. So talk, talk to me about your top two. All right, so Wake's going to be number two for me. Mm-hmm. And they are they continue to – I mean, last year I thought I, – I just had this feeling at the end of last year, as you just brought up, that that defense was going to end up biting them at some point this year. Like teams were going to figure out, you know, there's some something going on with Wake that they can exploit because they were letting up way too many points. Right. We're, what, into almost November now, and they're still – doing their their defense i think it was lower than like it's like three points less per game but other than that they're still scoring 41 points a game they're still one of the best offenses in the country sam hartman he is he's he's a gunslinger out there who just just pushes that ball down the field and you know i i said that i i continue going back to this like i can't wait to next year when the conference divisions go away and that we could pot. I mean, I want if if UNC continues to play well, it, it won't be an issue this year. But right, I think everyone it would have loved to have seen a rematch between Wake Forest and Clemson in that in the in the ACC championship. Oh, that game was an instant classic. It was yep. an instant classic, and to have a rematch of that, I think it would it would be great for the conference. Right. I, I don't think it'd be great for you know just any team or any. It, it's great for the conference to see that type of thing uh, happen. So I have to I wonder too before I get to number one if if any like blue blood program 
is going to look at Dave Clawson and go, maybe we should pay him more than what Wake. Cause I mean, Wake is a smaller program. I know from, Bo- you know, like a Boston college, like they can only pay him so much, but if like a Nebraska or I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't know his roots, but like a school like that, that really needs a coach that with, with some stability. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what if none of those bigger schools kick the tires, if none of the bigger schools kick the tire, you got to be out your mind. You yeah. got to be out of your mind to see the job that he's done at Wake Forest, which I think, and, and you talked about Nebraska, and I just let's let's talk about that for a second. Mm-hmm. That job to me is so interesting for the fact that at the end of the day, this is a situation when you look at, at him being a, a, a guy that was born and raised in New York and all that good stuff. You look yep. at a guy who, you know, played at Fordham and or actually coached at Fordham rather and all that good stuff. And you see all the different places that he's been throughout his coaching career, including a, a pretty good stop in the Midwest at Bowling Green. Yep. I'm looking at him and I'm saying he has a similar situation to Nebraska in that there are unique challenges. Nebraska yep. is not near any hotbeds for football. Yep. They're not. They're yep. not. The difference between Wake Forest, Wake Forest is, but they've got to compete against the big boys and the academic rigor. There's There are multiple things that work against them. If you can find a way to win football games and, you know, even if it is a slow grind and we're not going to be good for a while and you mm-hmm. if you want to run me out after year two or three, this thing ain't going to work out. Even if you got to do it that way, I mean, Nebraska, what do you have to lose? What right. do you have to lose? Seriously. So I, I absolutely agree that there should be some big schools kicking the tires there. Proceed yep. with your number one team. It's got to be Clemson. Know gonna be. It's no doubt Clemson. I mean – they've they've established themselves as a playoff contender right now um i mean you look at their schedule and i don't think they have any they have they have notre dame syracuse syracuse is their last i think really big challenge ahead of them they got notre dame who's obviously not playing well louisville who's a mess miami's a mess and south carolina i know that's a big game for the gamecocks but i don't i don't think they're going to be in the same league as as clemson right now so you you're looking at a potential 12 and 0 season for clemson just when everyone thought, oh, you know, Brent Venables is gone. Tony Elliott's gone. Is, is Dabo really going to be able to continue that? And he is showing absolutely that he can. And, and that he not only did that, he's got his offense. He's got a, a potential Heisman winning quarterback that many people, myself included, wrote off at the end of last year. And they've got one of the best defenses in the country. And um, just the just the, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Did I hear potentially Heisman winning quarterback? I mean, he's in the he's in the conversation. I mean, Hendon Hooker and CJ Stroud are in a world above him, but DJ's up there, right? I would not. I would not say so at all. Okay. <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll I'll take the L on that one. I'll, I'll tell you this. Let, let me say this. Let me say this. I I may be wrong from the standpoint of the Heisman has kind of become a team award a little bit, like mm-hmm. the best player on the best team in some instances. But if we're talking about the best players in the ACC, who has performed the best this year in this conference, right? We'd yep. all agree Drake May is number one offensively. Of right, course. right. Okay. Drake, May right, is no- right. Drake May is number one, right? Yep. I got a little crazy there. <laughs> behind, behind Drake May, I would say Ben Akanda from Pitt would be number yep. two. I'd yep. say he'd be, he'd be a, stand, a shoe-in for number two. And, and to me, you can't be the third best player in your conference offensively yep. and be looked at as a high candidate. But – to your defense, you there we have seen teams that were really good and one of their players got to New York, even though you're like, um, wait a minute, what now? Yeah, hold on, they did what? So I, I get you, I get you. All right, so that's my number one. 
Yeah, okay. All right. I Listen, I don't have a problem with Clemson at number one. Again, Clemson has played some tough games. They played some close games, but they've still – they found a way. They found a way. They've got the wins. They've They've – again, I think it's great for the conference that other teams are pushing Clemson, but hats off to them. They're the un- right. only undefeated team in the conference for a reason. They show up week in, week out. They beat the number two team, according to you. Hey, you got to give them their love. You got to give them their respect. Because if you're not, I mean, what are you really doing? You can bet on them. They seem like a safe bet so far. And if you're a better – oh, I'm sorry. I was about to read the wrong – I was about to read the wrong uh, ad read here. This is not bet online. This is LinkedIn. My bad. My bad. (laughs) I guess you could say you could always count them to get the job done, unlike me with this ad read. Anywho. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So all you have to do is go ahead and sign up to create a a free job on LinkedIn Jobs. Add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to to spread the word that you're hiring. With simple tools like screening questions, they make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. So we're about to land this thing, but AJ, talk to me about the um, ACC preseason basketball rankings. And and I know we're running out of time, but just tell me really quickly, are there any teams in there that were much higher or much lower that you looked at and thought to yourself, that's a bit of a surprise that they are where they are? So I'm going to I'm going to take this chance to uh, to to pump up the tires for BC because they were ranked 13th on this list. And. Um, Ken Palm, who Ken Pomeroy, he's a big statistical guy. If you've ever followed any of the like college basketball stuff, a lot of the uh, SIDs use his stuff as kind of a, a gauge on where teams are at. Have BC at 74th in the entire country mm-hmm. and finishing eighth in the ACC. This ranking has them as 13th, which is where they finished last year when there was no expectations for this team. Um, I, I don't know. As someone who covers this team, they've got five of their uh, top seven returning. They've got two four-star uh, re- uh, recruits coming in, a uh, three-point shooter coming in. I think BC might be a team that AC, ACC fans are going to want to watch, <clears throat> not only because they could be a challenging team in terms of the rankings, but because if you're watching your team, this is not a Boston College team that has been the, the pushover that has been the kind of their hallmark since Al Skinner was there. This is a team Earl Grant, I think is, is a legit coach. I think Mm -hmm. he was slept on by a lot of people. Jeff Goodman, uh, who I I hate Boston college, but he's a, he's a smart basketball mind said when BC hired Earl Grant, what the hell are they doing? I believe was the term. What was what they said. And Earl Grant showed them last year, exactly what they were doing it going three rounds. Uh, 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 exactly what the hell they were doing. If we're going to quote them, we go quote them right now. Exactly. (laughs) Earl Grant's got a great culture. He is, he, you know, he's got the guys believe in playing 
playing really um, physical and def- defensive minded basketball, which is what Al Skinner did when I was there at BC. Um, and so I, I, I'm, I, I know I'm the BC guy here, but I want to, I want to, sh- I want to challenge ACC fans out there to watch this team. Cause I think they're going to be a fun team to watch this year. You know, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. Okay. We all know that we all have our Homer biases a little bit yep. here and there, and that comes out. But I'm going to tell you, I'm sold. You sold me. You mm-hmm. sold me. I'm, I'm I'm ready to see some BC basketball now. Now, yep. don't disappoint me because I remember <laughs> I, I remember y'all y'all had the uh the big Watch. guy that the, the big guy that his uh during his exit press conference, they said uh what was your oh. best part, favorite part about being going on the team? To dinner. He said, just just going to the meals, man. And I want to see no more yep. going to the meals being your favorite part now. I need yep. to see some big wins being your favorite part if I'm gonna believe in you and buy into this uh this Boston <laughs> College basketball team, okay? Yep. Yeah, right. I, I I agree. Like, like they got to get some big wins out there. You know, being able to beat a team like Syracuse, who's there, who's a, a former Big East rival, or or sweeping no, no, uh, you know Notre Dame or wins against UNC or Duke, they've had it in the past. See where let's see what Grant can do. Uh, but I think they're a team that's being slept on in the ACC, and a team that I think will be a lot of fun to watch. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you for your time so much, AJ. Tell the folks where they can find your work. I know you've been on here a thousand times, but you're going to tell them a thousand and one where they can find you. Absolutely. I am the host of Locked On Boston College. You can follow me on at, on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. I'm the publisher of 247 Sports Eagle Insider. Uh, you can check out my work there, and I hope you uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Thanks so much, Ken. Hey, I'm I'm glad to have you on. It's always good to chat with you. Always good to chat with you and have you anytime, Kenton. We, we haven't chatted far too long, but we're gonna get back together and hopefully both of our teams are doing a little bit better before we have the uh, NC State Boston College uh, show where we we do a little crossover <laughs> there. All right, hopefully exactly. Both exactly. of our teams are giving giving us just a little bit less reason to to mix whiskey with Everclear or whatever uh, <laughs> other alcohol that tastes like rubbing salts that that we we just need something yep. to get us through the game. All right. Peace and love, y'all. Keep on coming back to watch Locked On ACC. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.